Luke's Gospel, the 13th chapter, verses 6 through 9. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I came seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. The title of our message tonight, Nothing But Leaves. Let us pray, Father God, as we open your word, may we also open our hearts. And yes, Lord, we'll be mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. For we ask it all in your Son's name and for his sake. Amen. Have you ever wondered why God created you? Have you ever spent time speculating? on why you were born when you were born, why you were placed where you have found yourself from time to time. Have you ever speculated about your purpose, your purpose on the face of God's earth? Have you ever given thought to, again, why you are here? I read a book once by a gentleman, I've forgotten his name now. And he said that when he was a boy, he used to look at a dog very often. And he would wonder why the dog was born a dog and he was born a boy. And then from time to time he would speculate as to whether or not he was indeed the child of his parents. Why am I here? What's my purpose on the face of God's earth? Let me interject here, beloved, that God creates everything to serve a specific purpose. God does not just create things for creating them's sake. Everything that God spoke into existence, he had a purpose for that particular thing. That thing was meant to fulfill 
some role, to live out some role, and to fulfill some purpose. The sun, for example, was intended to give light among other things. Nothing I submit to you that was ever created by God was created just to hang around. No, everything has a purpose. God would have it to be so. Now, when God created us human beings as the apex of his creative ability, the zenith of his creative ability, God also intended for you and for me to fulfill or to meet a role and to live out a responsibility on the face of God's earth. We are special to God, we who call ourselves human beings. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man, or the son of man whom thou hast created, to whom much is given, I submit to you, much is expected. Now, in our passage of Scripture, this parable that we find in, here nestled in the book of Luke's, Luke's gospel, we find this interesting story. Now, the backdrop is that there were those Galileans who thought that they had, others had fallen victim to Pilate because they had done wrong per se. Jesus wanted to correct that kind of thinking, and so he told this parable. Now we're going to lift the parable from its primary purpose or reason because I believe it speaks to us here on this occasion at this camp meeting where the theme is Grow Michigan. And so we are looking at nature and we're looking at planting and cultivating and harvesting and reaping. And so we want to go to this parable. A certain man, you know the story quite well, had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and he sought fruit thereon and found, how much everybody he found? None. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, I've been coming now for how many years? Three years. I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find, how much again I find? None. Then, then, then the command is given. Cut it down, cut it down, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig around it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. A certain man, a certain man, he is our name. But he is purposeful. A certain man, he has no name again, but he had a purpose. There was intentionality with this man because the record says that this man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. 
we're going to look at three movements in the parable, in the pericope, in the passage of Scripture here this evening, and we shall cull from these three movements, as it were, principles and truths to underscore or to drive home the didash or the teaching that God wants for us here this evening. Three movements, as it were. The first is the advantage of the fig tree. The advantage of the fig tree. What, everybody? The advantage of the fig tree. Number one, the record says that this certain man, unnamed, had a fig tree planted. We need not rush past that. Because, you see, there was intentionality on the part of the man. This fig tree was planted. It did not arrive at where it was by happenstance. It did not, did not arrive where it was by whim or coincidence. No passing breeze had dropped it there. No, the fig tree was planted. It was where it found itself because the owner wanted it just there. Now, let's not again rush past that because, you see, we as people, as a denomination, and as individuals ought to understand that God called us into being as a people, and God called us into his church as individuals, and God has planted us where we are, and we are blessed and we are privileged to have been planted by God. Now, you may think that where you are, you just happen to be there. But I believe that God has planted you there and he has planted you where you are with a purpose. With a purpose. With a purpose. You are in the family in which you find yourself because God planted you there. He knew that he wanted somebody just like you in that family. Now I know some of us, we wish we could get out of our family. We think our relatives are crazy and that we happen to be the only sane ones. Do I have a witness in the house tonight? Everybody else is nuts. You are the only sane and you wonder, can I, how can I get out of this family? I got news for you. You've been planted there. Amen. And there's a reason God planted you there. There's a reason why you find yourself right now on that job. There's a reason right now why you are in that neighborhood, on that street. God planted you there 
and he has a reason for that. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen? We're still dealing with the advantage of the fig tree. Number one, it was planted, planted, but not only was it planted, it was planted in a vineyard. It was special because, you see, vines are what grew in vineyards. Fig trees did not grow in vineyards. But this particular fig tree was planted in a vineyard, in an enclosed space, in a well-ordered, well-kept environment, a place of culture and care. It had not been planted in the wilderness or the desert, but in a vineyard, a place that called for skill and faithfulness and vigilance on the part of the vine dresser. It was a special, special tree. It had been planted in a vineyard. But notice also that it was a fig tree. Back then, fig trees were valuable sources of food. They produced fruit that was tasty and uh, the fig trees bore uh, fruit several times a year. They were also used for medicinal reasons. But figs were also symbolic of spirituality. Old Testament prophets likened Israel to languishing fig trees. Jeremiah said, for example, that evil people are like rotten figs. So there was a theological component to the fact that Jesus here was talking about Figs. Now, fig trees, again, was what was, had been planted here, not, not anything else. And so there was a lot of advantage that this fig tree could point to. Number one, again, it had been planted. It had been planted in a vineyard, and it was a fig tree. A lot of advantages. That's the first movement. It may have been advantageous, but we see on the part of the fine dresser, or the owner, I should say, we see that there was a measure of accountability. So firstly, the advantage of the tree. Secondarily, the accountability of the owner. What, everybody? The accountability of the owner. Luke chapter 13 again. Let's look at uh, verse uh, 7. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I came seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? The owner came seeking. The Greek word used here, translates into seeking in order to find fruit. The owner found none in spite of his diligent search. He found nothing but leaves. Now, as a boy, this wasn't shared in, the, in, in my introduction, but I was born in the Caribbean. Incidentally, I came in here this evening. I looked around at the flags, 
and I did not see the flag of the land of my birth. I was born in Trinidad in the Caribbean. I see the Jamaican flag. A lot of people think once you're from the Caribbean, you're from Jamaica. But I usually remind them, no, I'm from Lower Down, Trinidad. But I was born in the Caribbean, you know, and there are a lot of fruit trees in the Caribbean. Lots of fruit trees. Let the church say amen. amen. Lots of fruit trees. Bananas and guavas and pineapples and yay, mangoes. Mangoes. And we'd be walking home from school often and chance upon a fruit tree, hungry in the hot, boiling sun. And I cannot describe for you the disappointment if as young boys, Sean, yes, I see Brother Pastor Sean down front here. He, was, he sat in the front in my class at the seminary. Here he is in the front in church. You haven't changed, Pastor. That's all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, I cannot describe for you the shock and disappointment if we ever came upon a fruit tree and looked for fruit and found none. The disappointment was something. I can empathize with this owner here looking for, for luscious, sweet fruit and finding none. There was nothing sadder, more sad for us as young boys to come upon a fruit tree and to find no fruit, to discover that the tree had nothing but leaves. Nothing but leaves. You see, this fruit tree, this fruit tree had not been planted simply to look good. Please listen to me now. Some of us as Christians, all we have to show are leaves. Nothing but leaves looking good. There was the fig tree in the garden having been planted having been nurtured, having been groomed, having been, 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 been taken care of. But the owner expected this tree to produce fruit, not simply to look good. And so he said, cut it down. Why does it encumber the ground? Why does it occupy this space disadvantageously? To be a fruit, to be a tree without fruit is to be hurtful, to be unprofitable, to be injurious, to be fruitless is to be a parasite, an obstacle, a hindrance, a menace. Why does it encumber the ground? This is what Ellen White has to say, Christ Object Lessons, page 215. The Jewish nation had come to the place where it was not only useless, so far as fulfilling the role God had appointed it, 
It had become an obstruction to the carrying out of the plan of salvation for others. Fruitless fig trees and fruitless Christians block the progress of God's work. Fruitless fig trees and fruitless Christians sit around and complain all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me carefully. Trees that are not fit for food are fit for the fire. A barren fig tree is safer in the woods than in the vineyard. Hmm? Why? Because the owner on planting a fig tree expects fruit, not simply leaves. So there's the advantage of the fig tree, the accountability of the owner. But thank God there is the amazing grace, the amazing grace of divine dresser. See, the owner said, get rid of it. The vine dresser begged for one more year. One more year. Luke 13, verse 8, And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Aren't you glad tonight that there's amazing grace? Amen. Even when we are unproductive, uncooperative, even when we have failed to fulfill our purpose and mission, there's the amazing grace of the vine dresser who says, let it alone. Give him one more year. Give him another chance, another opportunity. Again, Ellen White, Christ Object Lessons, page 212. In giving this parable, Jesus designed to show the relationship between divine justice and divine mercy. Thank God for his amazing grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. So God is going to give me another chance. He's saying, no, 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 please don't cut him down. Don't shut him out. Give me another shot at him. I'll dig about him. I'll dung around him. And if he bears fruit, well, but if not, then indeed he shall be cut down. Ladies and gentlemen, my message tonight is as short as it is simple. You know, I used to teach preaching, and I tell, used to tell my students, throw them a kiss. K-I-S-S. Keep it short and simple. You missed that. <laughs> K-I-S-S. Keep it short and simple. So I'm going to blow you a kiss tonight. 
short and simple. My message tonight is as short as it is, as it is simple. We have been placed here to bear fruit. Corporately, individually, you have been planted where you are. You have been given opportunities and privileges. We live in a land of religious freedom. We're in a vineyard, in an enclosed place. There are parts of this world where you will be persecuted for righteousness' sake. We thank God that we live in a land of religious freedom, religious, religious toleration. We thank God that he has planted us here. Let us bear fruit. Amen. This business about nothing but leaves will get us nothing but the judgment of God. And so we have an advantage. But the owner is holding us accountable. And thank God there's the amazing grace of the vine dresser to forgive us and to try us one more time. And tonight, what is the fruit that God is looking for? John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in who everybody in? In me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... Ye can do how much, everybody, ye can do? Ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are what, everybody? They are burned. Trees not fit for food will be fit for the fire. A barren tree is safer in the woods than in the vineyard. Galatians chapter 6, my last text, Galatians chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is what, everybody? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. We are a privileged people, a blessed people, a wonderful people, planted by God. But remember, he's looking for fruit, not just leaves. Trees not fit for food 
will be fit for the fire. A barren fig tree is safer in the woods than in the vineyard. Let me see your hands. If you want to declare tonight that I am going to avail myself of the opportunity, the, other, uh, the, the opportunity being extended to me again tonight by the almighty God and his amazing grace Amen. to be fruitful. Just raise your hand wherever you are. If you really mean that, stand to your feet with me as we offer a prayer of commitment and a prayer of dedication. Father in heaven, thank you for planting us where we are. Sometimes we question your placement and your dealings with us, but you have planted us in these vineyards and you want us to bear fruit, fruit, of repentance, fruit of evangelism, fruit of soul winning, fruit of discipleship. We ask, O oh God, that you would bless us with the fruit, with the, with the gift of fruitfulness. May we cast off barrenness and seek to produce luscious, tasty fruit for your kingdom. I want to thank you for this great field. I want to thank you for its leadership. Elder Gallimore and his team continue, God, to bless them and to use them to grow Michigan, to prepare Michigan for the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless every member, every pastor, every church officer. Oh, God, May each congregation be a vineyard that produces fruit that will be meet unto repentance. And we want when the owner returns again that he will find fruit for his kingdom. Bless this field to this end, we pray, and we ask it all with thanksgiving and joy abundant. In the sweet, holy, and precious, and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, let everybody say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.